like I said, awareness is the first step. So knowing what's yours and what's not. And you can show up to whoever it is that you're speaking with, whether it's an intimate relationship or a work relationship and know the difference. So you can hear them out. You can really feel into what they're going through, but knowing that it's not yours to take away. When you really look at it, like you are the container for that conversation. You're not necessarily the cause and effect of it. You know, you're not the reason why it's happening to them or their saving grace or their their outlet for being healed. You're just the container for hearing them out. That's not your thing to fix. Even in Reiki, it's, I think people go to healers and expect the healer to do the healing work, but the person themselves and their body, they're the ones healing. The healer is just simply, you know, the medium for it, kind of inviting it to happen. Stella's back on for her second time on the podcast, and it's been a little bit over a year since then. It was great to catch up and to get to see how her studio is coming along, the training she holds, and more offerings that she's bringing into her practice. We talk about being able to sit with ourselves, getting away from the constant stimulation of our world, and knowing that we can be a safe container in our relationships and that we don't need to be the actual tool to fix something. I received my Reiki training from Stella earlier this year, and it continues to be something that stays with me in a big way. Stella's Instagram, website, info on community gatherings and offerings will be in the show notes. Thank you for being here, and here's episode number 19 with Stella. Okay, let's jump right into it. Well, how the hell are you? I'm doing good. It's been like a year and a half, right, since we talked? Yeah, I think it was last June. Yeah. Gosh, but time flies. Time does fly, because I've been down here for two years now. Yeah. Over two and a half, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm doing good. I'm, we're in my home studio here, so I'm just, life is good. Yeah, this is an awesome studio too. Thank you, yeah. It's great. Getting used to it, it's coming together. I need to get some more furniture in here and I don't know, the, the cozy element can be elevated, but I'm really happy that it's all mine. (laughs) (laughs) So what's the vision for the, the studio kind of paint the picture for everybody so many things i'm just mostly excited about all the offerings that i'm able to bring into this space and i just have so much flexibility with my schedule now so Mm -hmm. mostly making it really community centered so doing like community offerings more village mentality I know it's awesome, like everything is online these days, but I think it's just really important to bring people together kind of to that primal sense of like, we all want to sit around a fire and gather and talk. And so I kind of want to bring that mentality back into this space. And like I was just talking about, we or I'm doing a cacao ceremony in here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start doing hopefully monthly. I mean, this first one really... So many people signed up for it. I just made it donation-based, so I've been calling it Community Cacao. So I'm doing the first one tomorrow. It's the new moon. And then start planning the next one for October, hopefully. So just whoever's willing and open and wants some community Mm heart-opening love. So, yeah, kind of give a rundown of what a cacao little 
gathering is yeah and like where does it come from or so yeah cacao is was primarily used indigenously it's definitely made its way up here into a more um modern sense mm -hmm. but as a facilitator i'm here to hold space for everyone cacao is very both grounding and heart opening so you know as long as your intentions are in the right place you can really use this medicine at its highest potential so i usually begin kind of grounding you know settling into the space there's a lot of different people coming into play a lot of different energies so just kind of gently landing into this room mm -hmm. and you know begin beginning with a little meditation and um yeah just gratitude and closing your eyes and coming back into the body and then passing the cacao around setting your intentions making it a very sensory experience so before the cacao even hits your mouth it's you know holding it to your heart feeling the warmth smelling it bringing it to your lips and mm -hmm. then letting you know the taste take over and sitting in silence sipping cacao it's just a really powerful gentle medicine and i usually i like to add in sharing just whatever's on your heart nothing rehearsed just whatever's coming forward and i totally believe that when we come into groups like this we all have our own medicine that we're bringing to the circle so hearing everyone's stories is really half of it yeah i would agree with that because in because we were up in sundance because mm -hmm. you did a training up there mm -hmm. what month was that march there were still so yeah it felt stuff. like winter <laughs> um yeah being in that space and sharing with everybody those are some like pretty awesome and powerful moments for me personally um being there i felt it was a little out of place for mm -hmm. me that weekend i was like the only guy mm -hmm. and i didn't know if that was going to like affect everybody else's thing um because they all they all shared with me that they were surprised to see me yeah there which um, is it's sweet though it was amazing and hearing them share back to the communal sense and just having everybody else share their things and it was like such a powerful uh like situation and environment mm -hmm. it was awesome yeah so much power in medicine and sharing the, I mean, a lot of my offerings, whether it's Reiki or yoga, doula work, obviously, it's all not women-centered, but mm -hmm. women are naturally drawn yeah. to that work. But it's for everyone, and Reiki especially. Well, yeah. it, was a, it was a cool thing that weekend. Like, there, it, there is a very, um, like, the divine, feminine, mm -hmm. like, power and energy. And being there was, like, a really cool experience. Totally. Um, yeah, it was cool. Good. I'm glad. So like some of your other offerings, like the yoga, so did you do yoga classes and? Yeah, I actually want to start, you know, along with that, bringing more community offerings into my home studio. I'd like to start doing some, I don't know, like maybe weekly evening classes or something, but I do teach elsewhere. I teach out at Blue Sky Ranch out in Wanship. Most people don't know where that is. It's east That's, of Park City. Yes, okay. It's like out on 80 yep. East. It's 
this really luxury, quiet resort tucked up in the mountains, and I teach guests up there weekly as well. Oh, okay. So that's that's my main... That's what gets me out of the house, basically, on Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it out there. I do... Um, I work in their spa as well, doing Reiki, but also do... Um, they have a ton of wellness offerings, so like... They call it a trail to flow. So I'll lead people on hikes around the property. They have oh, awesome. acres and acres of private property and trails. So I'll take people on guided hikes and then bring them back for a private yoga session mm-hmm. or, you know, different ceremonies, whatever guests are really wanting to book, I can make it happen. So do you find that kind of being outside on those hikes and like being in a place like that, it's kind of out away from the city? goes like hand in hand with like the Reiki and the energy and kind of being grounded to the earth. Totally. Um, I would, I mean, like I said, most people don't know where it is and haven't been up there because Mm -hmm. it's, it's all gated. But once you go up there, it's just so magical. Like even the architecture of the building up there, but the way that they designed their calendar and their offerings it's all fits into the nature and the landscape so they're really mindful of that so it makes it even more special so i'm just really grateful to be a part of that work that is awesome yeah um so coming out of 2020 and 2021 was the communal aspect kind of intensified since like we were all so separated for so long and like bringing that back in because i think everyone got very comfortable with zooms and facetimes and calls and you don't have to like really be in a group totally for really anything which was like kind of cool to see that in like some of like the work and corporate spaces like our, yeah. we really don't need to come together for everything yeah. but i think there's a huge thing missing with not coming around um and even with like these conversations i have on the podcast like some people ask like oh can we like zoom in Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, no, it's not the same. It's not as intimate. Um, it's not. Um, totally. When I first opened my first studio to taking clients, we were still in the heat of the mask era. Yeah. So it was definitely a little bit of tiptoeing around, you know, I'm offering this physical touch offering, Yeah. but I also want to make it you know, comfortable for the client, comfortable for me and just kind of meeting people where they're at. So yeah, I definitely started there, mm-hmm. but I feel like because of that year or two, whatever you want to call it, it's still honestly yeah. lingering, but we, physical touch is so important for us as humans. We're physical creatures and it's, you know, there's a lot of health benefits to physical touch Mm -hmm. and so and just community like like presence like being being together and being heard and you know making eye contact even Mm -hmm. we were really lacking that in a sense just in general and so I saw the even deeper need for Reiki as an offering because to be intentionally touched by someone you know with a loving touch that's not even um, like s- sexually speaking, you know, yeah. but to just be seen and heard and gently touched in a healing sense is so powerful and so medicinal. And a lot of people don't even know that that's 
what they need but even my friend I was just talking to her and she was like I feel like my oxytocin is way low so she booked a massage uh-huh. because that just induces that in the body it's just it's science yeah so yeah there is a great need for that and I still stand by that yeah no, I would agree with that for sure and uh so let's see here like everybody asks me what Reiki is because <laughs> I love talking about it and sharing it but then I'm like you just have to kind of go do it because mm-hmm. I don't really have a great I guess way to explain it yeah um, I'm a big fan like the book uh you gave us at the training it's always in my truck um it's always something I like to think about and like we just did a session two mm-hmm. weeks ago before my race again mm-hmm. um which is great so kind of what do you tell people that don't know so first of all you mentioned the book I get asked that often, like, do you have any book recommendations on Reiki or anything similar? And I don't actually recommend, you can do whatever you want, but I don't recommend picking up a Reiki book to learn Reiki. Like, I think the training is where that needs to happen. And I give those books out of my trainings. If I would have just had that book without anything, I, you know, it's not. There's no substance (laughs) yeah or like application like you don't really know like the presence of of it right and without the attunement process you're not really like you're kind of learning what reiki is but to actually utilize it you need to be attuned to it and Mm -hmm. that's what the trainings are for so so what is uh, attunement an attunement is a spiritual blessing, if you will, by a Reiki master. So you can only be trained by someone who's gone through all three levels of Reiki. That makes you a Reiki master. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the attunement process is what makes en- or Reiki different from other forms and modalities of energy work. Because some of the other modalities, you can you know pick up a book, learn it, whatever you know there's so many out there i i won't even list names but what makes reiki different is that you actually have to be attuned and blessed by a master teacher but a brief rundown of what reiki is because that's just what i do half the time is reiki when you break down the word it's rei is spiritual and ki or Chi, as a lot of people know it to be, is energy. So it's spiritual energy. And Reiki, you know, a lot of people are familiar with the physical hands-on practice, but it goes so much further beyond that. It's it's a living practice, basically. Mm -hmm. And Reiki at its core is allowing us to go deep into our whole authentic worthy selves like we have this bright shining light within us and that never dims but a lot of the times our life experiences or you know traumas living within the system all of these things that have happened to us i like to look at it like they put lampshades over our light so reiki helps to kind of shed those layers back those lampshades off to reveal 
that whole authentic shining light that we all have within us. And by us finding that light and sharing it with others inspires other people to dig deep and find their whole light. And it kind of just has a ripple effect from there. So it's both the hands-on practice, which is great for a slew of things, like anything you can imagine. It's great for injuries, for mental, emotional things, for healing trauma, for anxiety, for sleep, you know, you name it, you can come to Reiki for it. But like I said, it's a living practice. So inviting that into your day-to-day life and really sharing your light with other people. Yeah, that was one of the biggest takeaways I had from the training. I don't know if you said it or if it was in the book, but I think um, just like the energy you take in is the energy you'll give out. Mm -hmm. And that's just been like the thing that's just this constant like repetition in my mind. Like it's always there. And it's like dimming the light and like having that shade. And if you're just like taking in bad energy, whether that's like bad food or music Mm -hmm. or media or really anything relationships yeah like what you're holding on to and taking in is what you're holding Mm -hmm. in your day-to-day in your conversations in your relationships so yeah Yeah. awareness is key so just bringing awareness uh, into all consumption and I send out a note before all of my Reiki trainings about this too just be mindful of what you're consuming in the coming days and weeks because that affects you and your energy, whether Mm -hmm. it's food, your relationships, the environments you're surrounding yourself, the work that you're carrying, whatever it is. So just bringing awareness to that and, you know, just in, in that you become so much more sensitive to the world around you and the weight that you're carrying. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the other uh, offerings? There's the Reiki, do yoga, Yes. So Reiki, yoga, those are primarily, you know, my main gigs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, yeah, like the trainings and one-on-one sessions I do as well with the Reiki. But I also last year took a doula training. Mm -hmm. So I've been, you know, slowly inviting that into my offerings and. And what, what is that? Yeah. Just dipping my toe into that work because that's, A lot, but doula work is, so a lot of people have this misconception that if you're a doula, then you primarily work with like home births because Mm -hmm. doulas are like the emotional support for a birthing woman, basically. There's doulas for all things. There's death doulas, like you can have a doula for any season of life that you're going through, but I was trained in being a birth doula I trained in a hypnobirthing class so it's like very meditative and um almost like training people how to go into a trance to like move through those tough things like birth and that can translate (laughs) into everything else into life but basically you're the emotional support the space holder for a birth space And a lot of people are like, well, I have my husband and sometimes your husband is not enough. And your husband needs someone to hold space for him as well. Uh Like he can be there at your side and, you know, hold your hand. But sometimes there's that extra step of someone that's not um, like emotionally invested in your relationship or 
mm-hmm. um, you know, tied to your family and someone to just hold space in the room and kind of have a clear head to make decisions and help you yeah. and inform you on the decisions that you can make and what your right is as a birthing woman. And it can be in a home space. It can be in a hospital, wherever you want it to be. You're just basically the space holder. Okay. And that extends beyond just the birthing space. So there's also like postpartum doulas, which Mm -hmm. is actually what I'm really interested in. Just, you know, as I said earlier, it just, it takes a village, you know, the village mentality takes a village to raise a child. So just offering that home support is really beautiful to me whether that's you know that can be fine-tuned to your needs that can be help around the house that can be meal support that can be help with the actual baby with um, postpartum healing like there's so many natural remedies to be assisted with and like belly binding and things like that so yeah there's just there's so much to it in every situation is different and no two look the same so I've just really been dipping my toes into that work and it's been really fascinating to me just being a space holder in general I do it in Reiki and in my trainings and in these community gatherings I just I love being in that neutral space of Mm -hmm. kind of facilitating and holding the container of the room and I feel like that would be quite quite the uh, energy in a room especially like in a birth for sure yeah and the more I think about it and even now just being in the room for that like yeah the husband might be there the partner might be there but they all they're not like in the most calm space like (laughs) like that would be insane I know that's what I mean where it's like you need to hold space both for the woman giving birth but also he needs or the partner needs that loving awareness and grounding Mm -hmm. just as much because he's not going through the physical birth but he is also having a rebirth into becoming a father like there's the transition between you know being a woman and then becoming a mother like there's the mental emotional spiritual aspect that you're also transitioning through which makes dual work really beautiful you know Mm -hmm. it's the physical and emotional aspects of it so it's it's all encompassing yeah and then even after because I don't think I heard the term postpartum depression mm. until I was I think I had to be probably like 19 yeah or 20 yeah I was like this is that like intense and serious and huge of a problem yeah. for like a ton of women like I didn't even know that until when I was 20. I know well I mean even I like before I took the doula training I don't have any children of my own but I learned so much just on behalf of my own experiences when I go through that you know in my own life there's just so much unknown that you just learn by experience and you know, with the postpartum depression that makes that, that support both in the room and after the fact that much more meaningful and powerful and knowing that they have a helping hand for them or just a listening ear even mm-hmm. can make the world of a difference. Like there's so much power in dual work and most people don't know that that's an option available to them. Mm-hmm. And I, 
I wish they would. I wish that. So do people think that, um, I guess generally speaking, like the doula will just be there for the birth and it's not so much pre and post? All doulas are different. Everyone has different offerings. um, And, you know, the birthing person will have different requests. So someone might not necessarily want you in the birth space, but after the fact for help. Got it. Um, Yeah, so it can be a number of different scenarios Mm -hmm. with that. So kind of when did you do that? I did that... um, before we talked last, so it was before last oh, okay. June, so a little over a year and a half ago. Okay. So is there overlap? Do, do you feel overlap between the Reiki and doula space? Do they go hand in hand? Totally. And I think that's that, that's kind of why I continue doing all these different certifications. I'm kind of adding them to my spiritual tool belt and like Mm -hmm. my offerings and I'm kind of blending them all together because you know now I'm able to offer healing touch you know that energy work in that space um, the space holder facilitator aspect and also with yoga like postpartum prenatal yoga poses and how to breathe is like Mm. a huge element to that space yeah. So yeah, it all it all kind of blends together. So I really like seeing how they're kind of just yeah melting into one offering and going from there. That is awesome. Yeah, there's so much. It's so fun just to to learn more and more into the energy space and yeah, like breathing and the emotional release of Reiki and I'm assuming the the doula practices as well. Like I had some emotional releases. Uh, in the training in Sundance and it's just such a, a powerful thing. Cause I didn't know what to expect going into mm-hmm. that at all. <laughs> That's the best um, though. <laughs> and just like the first session, um, of the Reiki, same mm-hmm. thing. Like didn't know what was going to happen. And, uh, but just like 10 out of 10, it's like tapping into this world. Like we're not of really aware of in the day to day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I mean, I can't speak for a lot of the guys, but I mean, it seems like the emotional aspects just very buried. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't like to be aware of it. I think a lot, there's been so many times of like having conversations with my friends and acquaintances. And once it starts getting to a point of too emotional or you're starting to like open up to that the conversation quickly just you know dark humor get or, a hold of yourself yeah <laughs> get and it I, together I'm, I'm guilty of it too it's it's not comfortable uh for guys to like really share that space together yeah totally it sucks yeah i i've seen that too just even in my relationships where it's like it's hard when you're the emotional one and then it's kind of like you're talking to a wall almost Mm. and it's like you need some reciprocation in that so coming into spaces where it kind of forces you out of your comfort zone in these gatherings or you know one-on-one with people closest to you in trainings and just really allowing yourself to spontaneously show up and be vulnerable and kind of surrender to what's arising in you yeah, to sit with your emotions and feelings 
has probably been one of the biggest takeaways um, since I've started to take big interest into all of this. Um, to just sit in it and not run away from those mm-hmm. and just kind of feel what's going on. Uh, especially like through the uh, meditation uh, practices we did at Sundance and like taking those back into the day-to-day. If it is anxious or fear or disappointment or like whatever it is instead of just trying to like move on to the next thing because like those aren't comfortable no like no one wants to, no. No one wants to sit in an anxiety but they get attack. even more uncomfortable when you kind of leave them you know there to settle in deeper into your yeah. psyche or into yeah, your body you just, physically yeah if you just stuff them down and store them elsewhere it's just not, they'll come up later don't yeah, worry <laughs> they'll make their way out in probably the worst Eventually, case scenario yeah. And even, I think it's very possible, like, a year, like, two years, like, it can be a really long time down the road, but eventually it's just kind of going to collapse in on itself. At least that's what my experience was. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a journey, and we're all on it, and that's why we can hold space for each other (laughs) in these times, and that's my job here. (laughs) So, yeah, I love doing that, and just... Most people just need a listening ear, really, is what I've learned. Like, the healing happens before you even place your hands on someone, like, Mm -hmm. in speaking in Reiki. And, you know, people that I've never met before will come into my space. And when you curate a safe, comfortable environment for people to show up in, just as they are, then they're more than willing to kind of share their story with you. And it's so humbling to me you know every time I leave a session I'm just full of awe and gratitude because these people that come in to see me are like we all have our own stories and things happening in our lives and a lot of the times we're just navigating our day-to-day kind of numbing that you know not letting it affect us because Mm -hmm. you know at the end of the day we all have to show up we all have work we need to do we have to pay yeah we have to show up and do the work but to come into a space and be able to just like surrender that is so valuable yeah i think we all get caught up in the rat race of keeping up work and work relationships and then social relationships and like going out and keeping the social circle up and keeping tabs on everybody and not really tabs on ourselves and it's just you're just running and sprinting Mm -hmm. all the time yeah and whether it's waking up instantly on the phone or like always on the pod like listening to something whether it's like a podcast or music and i think oh not a scapegoat that's probably a bad word, but it's like, oh, I listen to podcasts, like, relax. It's like, well, maybe just sit with nothing. Yeah, the constant noise to fill the void is um, a problem. <laughs> like, I think we're all addicted to it. And uh, yeah. it's really, and that's where I found, like, cycling. Because mm. I'll just spend hours, for, yeah. like, forced to not be on my phone. And yeah. when I'm on, when I'm off my bike, like I'm on my phone or on my computer, or like it's just life, and my yeah. work revolves around it. Um, so that's like the space that's you know forced solitude, which I think it's so a vital. lot of us lack. Yeah, time even time for I think it's hard for 
a lot of people to find the space for it sometimes or choose to make the space for it yeah because it's not comfortable no and like like and that's another thing (laughs) talking with friends um it's like well what do you listen to on the bike like sometimes i just turn it all off and it's like and people joke it's like oh i couldn't sit with my thoughts for that long yeah and we laugh and it's like well try 30 minutes 10 yeah see what happens see what comes up because a lot of the times our thoughts and like random memories or even dreams we have they're all a form of energy releasing so things that are kind of stuck deep down in your psyche or subconscious will slowly start to kind of bubble up and like those random thoughts are actually so random like yeah they're surfacing for a reason so when you kind of notice what's coming up even if it's random at the beginning it's like kind of piecing it together like oh that's like actually something that's kind of bothered me in the past or you know something you just kind of put in the back in the archives and it's like making its way forward again because somewhere in your body it's present and it needs to be released yeah so that's where the silence is so key and vital and i get that all the time in like in yoga especially people who especially people who have never been trained in yoga don't practice often it's like oh i can't sit still for that long well it's like it's the people that can't sit still for that long that actually need to be doing yoga the most. <laughs> so yeah, there's so many practices to tap into that. And even with working out, it's like sometimes I'll go on a run and put my AirPods in and I won't turn on anything. Uh-huh. Like it's just just quiet, but almost the feeling of like the AirPods sitting in my ears like enough and then it just keeps me going. But yeah, there's, there's so many practices to kind of tap into that realm. Hmm. So kind of what have been some of your experiences witnessing people enter this space um, and have kind of these changes? I, I mean, every time someone, I always tell people that they can text me or message me or whatever post session because I love to be of service outside of my healing space because yes that we have like our 60 minute session or whatever it is but there's so much healing that happens after you know when you're off the table Mm -hmm. because like i said things will slowly arise and release in your body that don't necessarily come up in the hands-on healing work so i just always let people know like please reach out to me if like anything comes up any thoughts you want to share any you know whether it's physical sensations or emotional releases let me know if you you need someone to reach out to and because of that I've gotten so many I wouldn't say like reviews is a good word but just people kind of praising the work post-session like Mm -hmm. the shifts that have happened and how much lighter they feel and even like physical things like an injury or post-surgery or um you know, whatever it may be, people being like, it literally went away like the next day. It's like, there's so much power in that, but just being witness to people's healing journeys and them feeling so excited about it and wanting to share that with me has been something that I just never expected. And so even healing to myself, I feel like every time I work with someone in a healing session, I'm also healing a little bit of myself too. 
you know, we're all mirrors to each other and we can use that as a tool to its highest mm-hmm. potential. You know, a lot of people are, that kind of freaks people out, but there's so much power in like looking at each other and what we're bringing out of each other. And yeah, I've just really been witness to that in all of my clients, both people I've met before or, you know, strangers that have become friends. I'm just constantly in awe. So as being someone that holds this emotional space for a lot of people, and I think especially in like the doula space, um, do you ever find it difficult or heavy or I guess, how do you manage holding that space for other people? Cause I've talked with, um, some therapists and like that can be heavy mm-hmm. cause that's just like, you know, they're really just telling all the really, really hard, heavy stuff. And like, they have to carry that totally, um, as well to an extent. Um, so do you, I guess, how do you manage? I definitely have my own practices around that because it's definitely a thing and I'm constantly trying my best to separate what my clients are bringing into me and sharing with me and Mm -hmm. being the space holder, but not so much like empathizing and like taking that on to myself. Like that is not my weight to carry. Mm -hmm. I am just simply the container for them to release that in. I'm the medium working with their energy, not taking it on or taking it away. Your body innately knows what to do and where to go and where healing is needed and I'm just a gentle guide for that but I definitely do have some practices before and after session um, both like physical releasing you know not bringing my energy into the space and then not allowing you know myself to take on there so I kind of have a little bit of a mental barrier but still being my soft nurturing self and Mm -hmm. being a good listener like that is one of my gifts I'm I'm not much of a talker but I am a very good listener and post-session you know clearing the spaces I have my tools things that aren't necessary in energy work but kind of enhancing the experience so using like smudging like sage and palo santo and you know whatever's calling to you crystals selenite's great for that opening doors and windows after a session physically clearing the energy in a space and then physically moving it out of my body Mm. um if you come to a training with me i kind of go over some of those practices to help protect yourself in a way because it's definitely important we don't you know we already have so much going on in our own lives we don't need to take on other people's just in the name of healing so yeah, I'm definitely conscious of it. I'm not perfect at it. I'm mm-hmm. human, you know, Yeah. but I'm definitely aware and working on it. So do you have any advice for people just in day-to-day life and work relationships, family? Um, you do carry and you do feel and take on people's emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think, a hard space for a lot of people to differentiate people in their lives if they're in like a really not bad but I guess heavy situation um and they have a hard time differentiating either their their partner's space and where they're at and like always carrying that with them um 
yeah so do you have any advice to speaking to that and kind yeah. of maybe the mental mindset or yeah like i said awareness is the first step so knowing what's yours and what's not and you can show up to whoever it is that you're speaking with whether it's an intimate relationship or a work relationship and know the difference so you can hear them out you can um really feel into what they're going through but knowing that it's not yours to take away when you really look at it like you are the container for that conversation you're not necessarily the cause and effect of it you know you're not the reason why it's happening to them or their saving grace or the their outlet for being healed you're just mm-hmm. the container for hearing them out and, and that's, you're not supposed to fix it you're yeah not, that's not that's on not you. your thing to fix even in reiki it's i think people go to healers and expect the healer to do the healing work mm. but the person themselves and their body they're the ones healing yeah the healer is just simply you know the medium for it kind of kind of opening that inviting gate. it to yeah. happen but healers aren't healing that person. The person has to want that healing themselves. And once you learn that, it's like you stop kind of pushing for people to go to healing work because mm-hmm. the healing's not going to happen if they're not ready. So you could push someone into a Reiki session or you know whatever doctor or healing modality it is. But if they're not ready, they're not going to heal. Yeah. Like whatever it is that they're going through. So... When you understand that, it makes things a lot more simple. Yeah, people won't change unless they want to. Yeah, yeah. So if you're a good listener, that's your gift to them. Mm -hmm. And then not taking that on. You're the container. You're not absorbing anything. And it's a lot easier said than done, and it takes practice. But a lot of people kind of have the excuse of, oh, I'm an empath. Like, I've heard that so many times. Yeah. But we kind of all are, you know, Mm -hmm. we're human. Like it's kind of what we came here to do and be. So it's not really a great excuse for being burdened with other people's burdens. You are in charge of that. And when you have that, sometimes, you know, when it's like some heavy shit going on, if you can envision, like imagine your aura around you and like, a white light around you and that's your bubble that's mm-hmm. your space even if someone comes close to you or you're hugging someone or you know in a deep intimate conversation with someone you still have that aura protecting you i look at it as like white healing light and that's okay. like that's for me and you know everything else will be filtered out and sometimes just like the mental vision of that is helpful to not take on other people's stuff so I know some people are like more visual, so it's like actually envisioning that's helpful. Okay. So do you find any like foods or anything on that side that go in line with your body and energy and taking care? 
kind of that space food is medicine i will believe that till the day i die (laughs) um that goes along with the consumption consumption thing where it's you know everything counts feeding your body with nutritious whole foods it's like yeah we've all heard it it's nothing new or groundbreaking but you know this is your vessel and you have to take care of it so Mm -hmm. not eating overly processed foods it's like i said it's not groundbreaking but once you bring awareness to it and how some of those more processed salty sugary foods whatever it is how that makes you feel and becoming conscious of that in your body it makes you feel kind of icky and so yeah. just by starting that journey you're you'll learn quickly did you have that before you started this Reiki energy journey and then making that transition and I have always been I give my mom thanks for this my mom's a huge health nut and she's always had a huge garden in our backyard wherever we've lived so we've always had fresh food and you know everything's organic and Mm -hmm. I've been living that way my whole life so my mom was a like amazing in that way like she really planted the seed Um, and so I've just really taken what works for me and ran with that into my own life you know becoming an adult and starting to have to cook for your food and going into the grocery store the farmer's market and being like I'm about to spend ten dollars versus three dollars for the cheaper not organic thing yeah but that's your gift to yourself and I see it as that is your medicine and if you Mm -hmm. eat well Hopefully down the road, you don't need actual medicine. Yeah, that's the last few years have been the big shift for me in that space, especially learning more and more about gut health and like the mm-hmm. gut microbiome and most of your serotonin is actually produced in your gut, which right. is so crazy to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's your second brain. Isn't yeah. that what people call it? Yeah, it's such a wild thing. And you can definitely tell, because I'm definitely not perfect with diet. But going through, I guess, just the swings and, like, when you do eat healthy and, like, do take care of, like, what you're putting in, like, it does help Mm -hmm. kind of manage those emotions and even anxiety, uh, like, making, being aware of what you're taking in. Oh, it relates to everything. Yeah. Especially with our modern diets we're not getting all of the nutrients that we need Mm -hmm. even if we're you know trying our best a lot of the times we're deficient in more than one thing so sometimes taking a um, I don't want to call it like a multivitamin but something where you're getting all of those like micronutrients and minerals Mm -hmm. like an actual supplement and supplement meaning it's a supplementation. It's not forever. But yeah. taking it for a little while to really notice how your body feels once you're getting all those nutrients and minerals, it makes a huge difference. Um, I saw this. She's like a nurse practitioner, but she's more holistic based. Um, I saw her last year and she recommended me this micronutrient supplement out of their they have like a little vitamin shop in their clinic which was amazing and after I started taking that I just I felt like my whole world shifted because it's insane what all those little things that 
they tweak inside of you because mm -hmm. it affects you mentally, physically, yeah. emotionally, and as long as well as a um, a good fish oil is really important. Just yeah. you know, work in the brain. But other than that, I feel like if you can use your food, you know, to get as many of those nutrients possible, and then taking that supplement for a little while and just really seeing how you're feeling, it's it's pretty powerful. Yeah, the food along the lines of with everything else with trying to keep emotions in our body and our mind in check, they're all such small, like very small things. One to do, but then also like the changes. Like I always, I'm in these conversations where it's either black and white and they're, they're either a believer in... <sighs> I'd pick what it is, cold mm. plunges or a sauna mm -hmm. or <laughs> this diet or that diet. And it's like, well, each one of these things, if you do it, like your life's just not going to get better. Yeah. It's like, well, I didn't feel anything. It's like, well, if you do it for three months and you also do these 15 other things, like yeah. actually sitting in silence for 10 minutes, at least, like, doesn't even matter the time. Yeah. Just like sitting with yourself and then also eating right and then also moving your body and just doing these small things. Like it's all ca compounded. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then it, then I thought about it when people, like you mentioned, when people come here and they just expect the healer to heal them. Like yeah. if you think you're going to walk out and then your day's just going to be great. Like, no, you're going to get in your car and you're instantly going to have the emails. And in you're going to cry and, because yeah. of everything that just released. <laughs> and then you still have to go on with your yeah, day. You're going to wake up the next day. And like, if you don't, sit with it and take on that responsibility that at the end of the day it's going to be you and that's that's what's been a fun thing in the past few years especially after the training um in march it was yeah it was everything that came after the fact mm -hmm. of weeks of just you know realizations of all right yeah it kind of does all just lie with yourself yeah, getting to the root cause is my number one recommendation for whatever ails you. It's, mm -hmm. you know, not seeking external answers. It's not in the self-help books. It's it's really looking within and seeing what's coming up within you. And whether it's a physical symptom or, you know, emotional depression, anxiety, whatever it is, the answer is within you. Mm -hmm. So when I'm in a session and people are kind of looking to me for answers once we wrap up and end the hands-on work, they're like, so what'd you feel? And it's not my job to tell you why things are happening. I, I don't know. Like, yeah. you know that best. It's mm -hmm. your life. You know why things are arising and where you're feeling things. I'm not inside of your body. Like, you have the answers. I'm just kind of jump-starting that healing process. Well, yeah, it even happened when I was here <clears throat> two weeks ago. Like, after you're like, how was it? Like, what were you experiencing? I was like, well, I was seeing a lot of purple. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> I was like, well, what does and, that mean to you? you? Like, I don't know. And I was, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I guess I just, like, am, I'm still not in any of that space and, like, don't know, have any knowledge of auras or, like, what base yeah, knowledge you don't is need on anything. It. It, true it's all extra yeah it's fluff and uh yeah but i remember just once i asked that and you're like i don't know like that's something for you to think on and yeah. like sounds like yeah like that was all and that's what it was the first session too like everything 
that I experienced and that was just like coming up in my mind during these Reiki sessions are just what are coming up in my mind. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing uh, with the bike when people ask me like, well, what do you think about? It's like, well, I just wait. Like your body will tell you mm-hmm. what to think about. Totally. <laughs> Trust me. And run there, with it. You do not need to try and go into something with these preconceived thoughts and have something you need to think about or people that like want to journal or like want to meditate. It's like, well, what am I going to think about? Like, I don't know. I, yeah. It will come up. There's like, no trust right me, answer. if you spend enough time, your mind is a crazy thing. I've heard of people doing this practice called like free writing or free pages. Mm-hmm. Like first thing when you wake up in the morning before you do anything, keeping a journal by your bed and just writing like three pages of whatever you want, whatever comes out. And that's just like emptying your brain mm. so that you can move on with your day. Because it's like, yes, we do wake up with thoughts already sitting in our minds and like running. And if we can kind of empty that out onto a tangible piece of paper and like see that release and just see whatever it is that's like kind of word vomiting out onto paper with no direction or prompt. It's like, that's such a good practice. Yeah, I'll have to try that. Because I feel like I hear a common thread, um, when people feel very anxious, it's usually like in the mornings. Mm. Um, like there's so much of the day ahead. Mm-hmm. And if you're just like going through like a pretty good anxiety, you know, about like that's the mornings are really difficult because you have so much lying ahead and you're like, I have X, Y, Z and this, that and the other. And it's like a heavy weight. So trying to process that in the morning and having that quiet time to yourself yeah. is probably a pretty yeah grounding yeah journaling i mean i think i said this last time we talked but journaling's just been some of my favorite form of release because i am just more of an introvert and not Mm -hmm. super chatty so giving my brain a release for all those thoughts and you know vulnerabilities and insecurities and just things i need to do and just like putting it onto a piece of paper has been really helpful for me but then it's like yes you wake up already anxious and then you drink coffee on top of that and then you go to the gym and it's like we're constantly living in this fight or flight with like hard intense workout music and it's seven seven (laughs) a.m and then we like get back in our car and are listening to a podcast with completely different information and we just have this overload of stimulation so Mm -hmm. yeah just bringing awareness to that and seeing where you can slow down and just sit in quiet and reflect a little yeah in the world of just constant media consumption it's always oh did you hear this new podcast did you read the new book did you read this did you hear that it's like it's all good to take in but just give time to sit without that stimulation to actually reflect on Mm -hmm. those things Mm -hmm. like I could listen to every single one of Rich Roll's podcasts but if I don't actually sit on what his guests and what they teach then by the time i listen to the next one like that's already out totally. like i'm not gonna remember yeah old news that. yeah <laughs> <sighs> such a weird thing to always be always be consuming i know i'm i'm ready to kind of go back in time and just yeah i'm waiting till i can just get out and have a little house in the mountains 
and not have to and worry just live about by it. candlelight and <laughs> you know live seasonally and tune into uh, my body every day and that's that's luxury to me yeah not not what this is whatever no, this yeah. is <laughs> that whatever is the hell's going on yeah no. uh, so what's the rest of the year the year's coming to a close a little bit i know See, it's a little chilly in the air the trees so the trees are starting to turn happy about it fall is last year i wasn't as excited for fall but this year just something about harvest season and you know wrapping up that season of life and things slowly starting to get a little darker and slower it's mm-hmm. like it really is a mirror back to us just as human beings on how to kind of navigate the rest of the year so starting to slow down and eating those more you know warmer denser nutritious foods from the garden you know reaping the harvest from the year and I say that because like I, my mom has just always been a gardener and so you know living seasonally with food that's in season even but yeah i'm just very happy that fall is here and ready to like i said live by candlelight and just you know be a hermit in these darker months but i have so i have my cacao ceremony tomorrow my first community cacao in this space and then i also have another reiki level one training this month which i'm really excited for it's a pretty intimate group so i think it'll be really special and my first one in this new studio and then from there I'm kind of done with like training offerings and kind of just running with what's inspiring me so you know doing these monthly cacao circles on the new moon and inviting in more community yoga into this space just moving our bodies and being gentle and um yeah, I just kind of want to have like candlelight yoga evenings mm-hmm. for us to kind of wind down. And yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of just going with the flow. I'm tired of forcing things. So not planning too much and just seeing what comes up and what is a full body yes and what I feel called to say no to. And. Mm-hmm going from there but nothing major we do have a huge trip in um, the middle of winter like right around new year's we're going down to south america but until then what i said amazing yeah yeah i'm really excited but until then i'm kind of just like happy to be home in the mountains and watch the leaves change and take it easy so to touch on the like the changes of seasons do you pay a lot of attention to that through each one and kind of what the earth is symbolizing and like what we're going through. Totally. I, I love in the past few years, especially just the connection of our bodies and our life uh, with the earth. Um, I think we're all very disconnected of mm-hmm. that um, relationship. Yeah. Um, and so it's, yeah. When people ask like, well, what's your favorite season? It's like, well, they're all, they're also special. They're so important yeah. to their, their own thing. Yeah. I really love living somewhere that has four distinct seasons, too. Very distinct. I can't imagine living somewhere where it was just kind of warm year-round. All the time. But, yeah, I love Utah for that reason. But definitely living in tune with the seasons. And I kind of mirror my trainings and offerings around that as well, even if it's just 
you know, physically what I'm bringing into the space, the way the lighting is, the the flowers I'm bringing in, just the, you know, the little extra things that kind of enhance what season we're either moving into or transitioning into. So my first training um, this month is going into, it's like the weekend we're moving into fall. So I'm definitely tapping into that energy mm-hmm. and um, getting a little bit slower, a little bit moodier. And yeah, I, it also keeps things interesting. It's a change of scenery and um, our bodies, even if it's subconscious, are aware of the season shifts but in society we're not really you know our work stays the same our schedule stay the same but when the nights get longer and you know it's getting dark earlier it's like that's just a time to settle down and just tune inwards mm-hmm. so yeah definitely change, maybe change up the routine change up what's going on it doesn't always have to be yeah uh, the same through each season yeah maybe yeah just reflecting on what you know, even if it's what's coming up for you, like, what are you feeling drawn to? What kind of foods are you feeling drawn to eating? And it's everything. It's it's everything in our lives. Mm-hmm. Maybe listening to that intuition a little bit more mm-hmm. and just, like, letting that guide a little bit and not always just, like, the logical. And not listening to what like other wants. people are telling yeah. you. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so for someone who... Just always, I mean, maybe just wants to be a little bit more grounded or a little bit to be a little bit more in tune um, with themselves. Kind of what are those? If there was a book for, you know, for dummies, one of those ones for kind of what would be some of the few things just to start out or try, try doing. If I'm being honest, I have stopped reading any like self-help spiritual books Mm -hmm. for the last while like I can't remember the last one that I read it I feel like a lot of them it just it's a blend of adding to the noise and also I don't know just not allowing us to kind of listen to ourselves as I said earlier we all have the answers inside of us but taking some physical practices into play outside of a book and, you know, kind of just going over what we've talked about before is journaling, writing things out, um, grounding, meditating, just sitting in silence, coming back into your body. There's a ton of books that I do recommend just like outside of that realm but as far as like spiritual self-help books i really don't have a good answer to that there's so many different ones out there so maybe if you like came to me with a very specific Mm -hmm. topic in mind i could be like oh this one but yeah i i can tell you the books that are on my nightstand right now and they're kind of all over the place (laughs) I have The Creative Act by Rick Rubin. Really great. I've, I've been wanting to dive into that. Yeah, that one's awesome. I like to just kind of, you know, I'm slowly making my way through that one. Mm-hmm. Um, His, I'm, I'm obsessed with Rick Rubin. Yeah, he's awesome. That book is stunning also. So it's just like visually pleasing. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it kind of checks all the boxes. Um, 
I love a good poetry moment. So some Mary Oliver. I have devotions on my nightstand and um, braiding sweetgrass. It, whoever you are, I recommend that book. Okay. I don't. Yeah. Just, I'll see it. I'll, I'll put them all in the show it's notes. This, this blend of siren, sirens, uh, science and poetry and just well-written literature like she's just she's such a great writer so braiding sweetgrass for anyone ever to walk this earth mm-hmm. um and then more so for any wo- woman listeners or you know are more drawn to writings of that nature women who run with the wolves is something that i read every year it's just a lot of great medicine in that book and also something that I'll kind of pick up and read and then put down and yeah, just a staple book in my library. So that's, that's my stack as of right now. (laughs) Do you have any, uh, self like exercises you do? If there's any, you know, rise in maybe getting a little anxious or something to kind of keep in check Breath work. Mm-hmm. Breath work. Yeah. I won't go over the details over this microphone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like some heavy breathing. But I mean, there's so many great resources out there. Well, yeah. Breathing exercises. And there's so many different ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all pertain to counts. different yeah. things. There's ones that are great for, you know, kind of building energy and fire in the body. And then ones that are great for the nervous system, for that calming effect that a lot of us are just craving. Mm-hmm. So that's my number one recommendation just yeah the breath is everything yeah it's pretty it's pretty wild yeah i'd recommend anyone just diving into that space yeah because um, they all are different and have different because there's ones i use multiple times a day whether Which it's ones? night or morning i do a i'm a big andrew huberman fan mm-hmm. um so there's a few that he does like the big inhale through the nose and like the second one mm-hmm. and then out through the mouth yeah um and then one that really relaxes me is just like steady six seconds in six seconds out mm-hmm. there's no pause at either end of it yeah and just like keeping that count and then falling into that realm and then eventually you can just like stop counting yeah um that one's insane for me he kind of takes you to a different realm. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely calms me down, checks me out. Um, and a lot of times I'll do that, the double inhale and then into that six second totally. um, for a while. And that's, it's wild, like, actually how much it helps. Is the thing. Yeah, I will say breath work is one of those more so mainstream modalities mm-hmm. that actually work because the breath is just linked to everything like directly linked to the nervous system yeah so yeah it's just another thing there's a reason people are talking about it yeah so give it a try another thing we're kind of out of tune with like i feel like we've lost so much of that connection yeah and it's literally what keeps us alive Mm -hmm. and feeling yeah, and it's just been practices that have been practiced for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, that's another element to yoga that I just love, and I have a huge emphasis on breath in my classes and in my flows because so often we're moving through exercises, through life, through our days, 
and not bringing a single awareness to any of our breathing and once you tune into that it's like oh it feels so good to like fill up to feel everything expand in your body and feel that fresh air and envision it you know feeding every cell in your body and then your exhales letting everything out releasing all that stale air from the night and just kind of it's just a great reset so yeah i love that in yoga and otherwise do you have any or the cacao ceremony sessions whatever you want to call it um (laughs) gatherings are those going to be like a monthly or quarterly? I hope so. Kind of what do you want to do? With? Since this one just filled up so quickly, I had a few people that I was like, I promise you're first on the list for the next one. Oh, okay. um, so I definitely will be doing one in October. I don't know if I'm going to keep it on the theme of like every new moon or what, mm-hmm. but that, that might be the move because then it's just like a set date automatically. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely announce October's probably this week after tomorrow and, you know, seeing how everything goes and maybe getting some, a few photos or something to share from the group and then announcing that second one, because I feel like it's just a great way for the community to, to come together and kind of speak what's on your heart. And yeah, I'm excited for it. Nice. You're invited to the um, next one. I'm, just, okay. I'm sorry you can't All come right. to tomorrow, but. It's okay. I'm over it, I guess. Yeah. I'll be at the next one. Yeah. You're third on the list. <laughs> well, sweet. I mean, thanks again for the time and inviting me into this space once again. It's been, of course. It's been great. Thank you for enlightening me with a, <laughs> a nice conversation. I, these conversations are just really important to be had and to kind of go deep, you know, instead of staying surface level with yeah and everyone it's, around you it's a fun meeting it's a good excuse for me to have these conversations with people because it's very rare where you can actually sit down and not be have no agenda <laughs> yeah and it's very rare you can just like have like a long form conversation mm-hmm. about a lot of things and like if it's a you know party and you go out like it's those conversations like it's yeah. not uh, deep and meaningful and like last night me and my roommates you know very like I, we were able to sit outside and share stories of one of your kids riding bikes <laughs> it's just, it's just like so it feels fun. so good like that's yeah. that's healing too and it's, uh, oh 1000 percent. and i think we don't get it enough no yeah yeah I, I appreciate everything you do in the space and like everything i've learned and received um from learning all of this yeah you do an an amazing you do an amazing job with curating such a wonderful space to learn and to feel so thank you you do Mm. awesome stuff well thank you thank you thank you thank you from my heart (laughs) well uh yeah we'll have to do another one yeah sometime just our annual catch up yeah (laughs) love it see you next time (laughs) thank you